Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to all things movie and TV. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and today's episode I'll be speaking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's one of my favourite TV shows and it's available to view up on Netflix. I'm also very proud and excited to have my sister on the podcast today. She's my first guest, the first of many, and she is a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fanatic in my opinion, although she might claim that crown or that title. So yeah, I'm very excited to have her on and we're going to have a great time talking about a TV show we both love. Okay, let's get into it. We're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm joined by my first guest on the podcast, my sister Emma. Emma, do you want to... Honoured to be the first guest. Thank you for ha- thank you for having me. Jesus Christ. You're welcome. Lovely. Um, it's great to have you on. I really wanted to have you on the first episode, be, uh, not the first episode, but as the first guest because I wanted to talk about Book Nine Nine for ages. It's one of my comfort shows. I think it's one of your comfort shows it's too. We've had to like actually re-record this, but I wanted to talk to Emma a lot about this because we started watching this for sibling nights. We got into it together, and I think we kind of both broke off and started watching it with our significant others. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask Emma, I have down my notes, is when she watches Brooklyn Nine Nine. When do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? All the time. watching it on my own on Netflix to fall asleep to because obviously in college very noisy streets and just out there I think obsessively watching it every night to fall asleep it's just one of my biggest comfort shows I think it's both of ours I think it's like nearly a whole family thing now yeah definitely we all just love Brooklyn Nine-Nine one of the shows I fall asleep to is Always Sunny but I think that's because I've rewatched that a thousand times over Brooklyn Nine-Nine I still want to actually be awake and watch it but you fall asleep to yeah, I think don't they say if you go back watching a show that you go back watching the same show all the time because it like reduces the anxiety or something? Yeah, because yeah. you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I think that's why it's so soothing to fall asleep to because I know I can have my eyes closed and I can literally see it embedded in my brain like exactly what's happening in the scene, their facial expressions, everything from just watching it so much. Yeah, I saw that as well. People who rewatch TV shows do it because the anxiety takes away from them because they know what's actually going to happen. We say it's a comfort show, but it's a show that has substance and a lot of deep-seated cultural and societal issues it talks about. It's always an update in its relevancy, society, I think. It's not one of those sitcoms that just talks about nothing all the time. There's real-life issues they talk about. They talk about, they tackle a lot of stuff. They tackle racism, homophobia, they tackle LGBTQ representation, as well as sexual assault as well. Mm. The episode where Terry is racially profiled by another cop it really hit hard and that was right around the time of Black Lives Matter and they really put their stance on that in the show which I thought was very important as well you have to whisper in was it? <laughs> I, 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 well, think, I, I think it was I'm, I'm only assuming no I think I'm only assuming I know that season 8 has been they've been reshooting it because of the Black Lives Matter movement because they have so many diverse characters in their cast that they need to they needed season 8 to be very forward thinking just to send correct messages and just yeah. to just to shine light on what's happening in society through their show because it is a mainly comedic show yeah. but they do highlight very serious issues in the real world through their comedic relief and through their like their TV show yeah. if people don't know it's a TV oh. show <laughs> I think I think as well, like you, you touched on it there, you said they have a diverse cast, and I think they they probably thought we wouldn't be doing our job in the show if we didn't highlight the different members of the police force in this show and like say, okay, this is how Black Lives Matter affects them. 
you know, like Terry, Rosa, um, Sa- Santiago, Captain Holt, all diverse characters and characters. Um, yeah, different races. And it, yeah. Even Captain Holt himself, he is, he's number one, he's black, and he's also gay. So he, yeah. he is, I don't know, he's um, a standing figure for many people in society that can yeah. look to him and see him as like exactly, yeah. a very leading figure, a character that everyone looks up to in the show. And everyone kind of puts him this pedestal because he is such like a... Iconic. Really is. Speaking of Captain Holt, I want to talk a bit about Captain Holt and Jake Peralta's relationship Love on the it. show. Love it. I thought they were going to be like a banter, like kind of, kind of comedic duo, and they are at some stages. But I love how they kind of evolved into like a loving father-son relationship because in the show, Jake Peralta's father is very absent most of the show. He has a very split relationship with his father. His father is in, in his life and he kind of adapts kind of replaces his father with Captain Holt because he spends so much time at work. I just love that relationship. It's so adorable. I think the one thing is you know, that scene where they're all in like the bullpen and he, yeah. he calls Captain Holt dad. Yeah. And then everyone looks everyone, up. Everyone, even like, the, like the, the, the convicts, yeah. yeah. They're all like, yeah, no, I, you did say dad. I, th- I think he's taking like a statement from like a robber or something and everyone looks up and then, yeah. like, and then he's almost like, what's going on? What's happening? like when you know you probably teach your mom yeah the embarrassment of it yeah yeah uh, i want to talk a bit about the lgbtq representation in the show rosa diaz is a bisexual character in this show i love how they were able to incorporate lgbtq characters but not make it a big song and dance mm-hmm. and i think a lot of tv shows are doing that you know modern family did that with cam and mitchell you know their first kiss as a gay couple on tv wasn't even like a big thing it was just a quick peck and i think brooklyn nine took that from their playbook and just had the most upfront character and the most blunt character be bisexual and it wasn't even just a big song and dance she just came out and said it because she thought let's get this over with that was a different story when she's come back to her family yes i was about to say yeah, yeah. they did shine a light on the difficulties that members of the lgbtq plus community have when coming out to their family and it was great to see the support shown by the rest of the members of the force like jake and amy and boyle and all yeah. to have her and stuff because um, she wasn't accepted no she wasn't accepted by her father and her mother yeah yeah, yeah. but like i think they called it a phase a phase yeah and the father in the show Ro- uh, diaz's father is played by danny trejo excellent actor spy kids but uh, and machete as well you wouldn't know from machete but no, i would no, no. spy kids <laughs> It was good that they tackled that issue, but they didn't make it uncomfortable for the viewer either. Like they had a very real discussion and a real plot with that scene when she came out. It was very uncomfortable to begin with, but they actually allowed the characters to sit down and talk like real human beings. Because most families at the end of the day want to stay together, they want to have their kids in their life. And thank God, like I was thinking, am I gonna end up hating Danny Trejo in the show? I know. But he they, comes around. He comes around, like, uh, but like it was in a very realistic way. He said, "Listen, I don't understand it. I love you more than to cut you out of my life." They do it over game nights as well. Yeah, which I think is so nice. Yeah. Um, I love as well how they didn't make it. They didn't. That wasn't her defining characteristic. No, they're fine. Because yeah. I think in many, as much as I love it, but The Office, like uh, Oscar, character Oscar, he's gay. Yeah. In in The Office, and that is one of his most portrayed characteristics yeah. is that he is a big gay person in the office but with Rosa Diaz she's bi but that wasn't it wasn't always brought up it wasn't yeah. mentioned they just had their few episodes dedicated to it to highlight the issues and you know then move on if that's a part of her character it doesn't always have to be brought up which I like it just made it was normal 
It was normal, yeah, it was. And I think as well, they had her come out as bi, I think, what, in season five? It was down the line anyway. Yeah, she went to five when they were away wasn't it yeah and at that stage she had already kind of declared herself as the badass in the group so really anything beyond that it was just adding to her characteristics so like you said her bisexuality wasn't her defining trait yeah the bn be all end all <laughs> i think yeah. it is be all end all what else we want to talk about here i want to talk about the fact i just learned this the last day that their chant you know nine nine yeah was actually did you notice that it was terry cruz used to say it on a monday when they were film, filming the episodes to try and get everyone pumped up okay they just said it like off filming to get everyone pumped up ready to go and they just slowly worked it into the script that's so that's so why funny. when anyone else says it you know like when Santiago tries to say that everyone's like uh, no one really says it but when Terry Crews says it, it's like yeah. yeah they're all pumped now I think there's even it's a scene there's even a scene where Santiago tries to say it yeah. and they just kind of like recoil and then Terry he says, says it straight it. after he says it and then Terry just claims and he goes no it's this way I notice as well because I think like if you watch Brooklyn Nine you're going to watch shows such as like Office Parks and Rec and whatnot, like so many crossovers of characters yeah. in Brooklyn Nine and in Parks and Rec and The Office. I I love it. Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec plays a part in it. Um, Megan Mullally, she's in Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's is she? No, she's not in Brooklyn Nine. No, I'm yeah, I'm misremembered. Um, she's in Parks and Rec, but she's not in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, I want to talk about more about the relationships between the characters. Hitchcock and Scully. Oh yeah, absolute. I think I think they're heroes to a lot of people, but they're absolute idiots. They're named after the writers. Are they? Of the show, yeah. The characters are named after the writers. That's like the lazy duo, silent, silent, skillful people. Yeah, but it's so funny the way they're cop skills come out there's one episode where captain holmes is carrying a pie to his, to his office and they just kind of talk they, they start to deduce what what he has in the box and they, the this yeah the way he's holding it the condensation on the box he's he's holding it underneath so like so he doesn't burn himself it's it's something hot yeah it's a pie but they can't like do paperwork they can't they haven't caught anyone or can anyone. they they probably could but they, I think they can but they probably, they probably it's a lot of <laughs> they don't want to yeah, but they want to stay doing their small jobs but I'd say but I'd say the small jobs are their paperwork because they're sitting on their ass all day they can't be doing much else what else do I want to talk about I another fun fact you came out with a fun fact there about the 99 chant the actress who plays Santiago actually had a crush on her MT she had a, a crush on a guy on MTV she was 19 and through getting into the industry she did an interview on this actually she said she actually ended up marrying her mtv crush by accident oh she was pushing hard on this guy that was a model in a music video on mtv and she used to re-watch this music video over and over again she grew up started working in working in the industry and through working in the industry got introduced to him at a party struck up a relationship with him not knowing he was the model that she was crushing on oh my god when she was younger and they are now meant ma- to be they're married now and they have like three kids yeah. she's actually professionally trained dancer before really? she was an actress yeah so when they're saying in Brooklyn Nine how that they're always slamming her for her awful dancing and everything it's basically just to just the skit like because she is okay, the best yeah. dancer she's professionally trained I didn't know that yeah because there is a episode where they have to do ballroom dancing and she has two left feet basically 
I want to get your thoughts on best character, worst character. Oh, this is going to be very controversial. Go on. Very con- Are you ready? Yeah. For least favorite. Least favorite. Go on. Worst. Gina. Okay, I can kind of <laughs> see. I can kind. I can kind of see it. I see why I yeah. Um, I can kind of see it. Explanation why. I I just find her too much. Yeah, she also has like a severe god complex. Oh yeah, and that role was written specifically for her. She was a writer on Parks and Rec, and I think it was Michael Lord scored. Yeah, sure. He wrote in her character to be just like her, so I don't think I'd even like her in real life. But I just find her a bit too much. She's a bit OTT, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, oh, just yeah. But like, I I think when a character starts off having endless confidence you kind of don't root for them as much whereas if someone starts off a bit unsure of themselves and a bit you know a bit as an underdog basically and then they kind of grow in confidence they grow in skills then you come to like see them as the underdog hero whereas gina gina starts off loving herself and thinking she's, she's much more skilled than she is and more skilled than everyone else yeah and i think that's, I think that's maybe why that's where the god complex comes in whereas you love jake throughout because he's good at his job but he's not patting himself on the back as much as gina yeah i think then favorite character Boyle. Why? i <laughs> i just love him i think his innocence makes the show what it is and i also think what makes me love jake peralta even more is because of Boyle. his relationship with Boyle. is yes. what makes me yeah yes love that bromance love it that is bromance. it's very okay it's very one-ended on parts yeah Boyle, say, Boyle's obsessed Boyle is like an obsessed an obsessed girlfriend who just loves the boyfriend way more than he or loves. those best friends that hate when someone else yeah. says that your best friend is their best friend yeah because exactly. he hates that so there's even there's episodes and there's the you know, boys yeah, there, yeah there's bits yeah. that they do in the show where Jake has other friends and Boyle kind of acts like a jealous girlfriend being like well who's even this even when person? he was in prison yeah. He was like, do you make any friends? Do you, do you make Better any, than me. Do you make any prison breast friends? No, no, no. The jealousy is so funny. But Boyle, at the end of the day, I think his character is so endearing because he just wants a simple life. He wants to be good at his job. He wants a girlfriend who he eventually gets a girlfriend and he ends up marrying her. And he wants a family. He just wants to be a family man and have his friends at work, which he ends up getting, which I'm really happy for him. He also touches on the issue of, like, family life oh that yeah. he can't he yeah, himself can't impregnate yeah infertility yeah. yeah so like i think an adoption and yeah, yeah even like, scams of adoption yeah so like really when you think about it this show really touches on a lot of subjects very easily so with Boyle, you have the whole people not being able to have a traditional family and going the alternative route and how hard that can be mentally and physically for someone you have terry tackling racism you have rosa tackling homophobia from her parents you have hult tackling racism and homophobia as a captain in the nypd and then you have rose not rosa you have amy amy i was about to say gina you have amy tackling sexual assault yeah she also has like a lot of she had seven brothers in the yeah. show so there's a lot of like competitiveness there that she's always trying to one-up her siblings and try and fight for affection from her mom and yeah. get her 
get her picture on the piano and not the stairs. And I think there's one, I think it's the first episode, she was saying how tall she is and she said, she said like, basically, I have to fight for everything because I have seven brothers. And it just cuts to a clip of her being really stubborn. She's eating like a burger and she puts hot sauce on it. And Scotty says, careful, that's hot. And then she just pours the whole thing on just to be stubborn. She's always trying to prove it. Yeah, always trying to prove she's tough. By the way, speaking of her family life in this show, Lin-Manuel Miranda plays her brother. I love him just simply because of Hamilton, the musical. Never thought I would like a musical. Actually love it. He was one of the celebrities that were constantly tweeting in support of the renewal of Brooklyn and I. And also, I loved how when you're watching like seasons one to five, it's obviously with Fox. Um, And then as soon as it comes to season six, they're cursing. Yeah, yeah. Big cursing. Yeah, I... I, uh, actually love that because it happened with Always Sunny as well sorry it happened with Always Sunny where for seven seasons they didn't curse and then at some stage just they start dropping the f-bomb and start saying fucking shit and like all that kind of stuff and it was so funny like not not, not the cursing is funny but it's it's more like familiar more believable more yeah, kind of like exactly relatable do you know what yeah. I mean like big up NBC for is it NBC yeah oh yeah it's NBC that bought them yeah because they do bleep it out obviously but you yeah. know exactly what they're saying it's, exactly. it's funnier yeah it's, it's real life because I think the first proper cursing that was in the show like it was obviously bleeped but it was Jake Peralta on the honeymoon oh this girl needs a this girl needs a scenery a, and a coconut in her arms so yeah okay. but yeah I to be honest this show to me it's perfect I don't know if anything the show is perfect too let me know what you think Comments. It's universal. I want you to give it a go. If you're not watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, what else you at? Like you're, you're not, missing out. You're not living life. You're not watching you're not. Brooklyn Nine Nine. To be honest, with a lot of the TV shows I review and talk about, I'm either watching them before the review and the podcast, or I start watching them straight after. I reviewed and talked about Fist for Family there a couple of weeks ago. It was two or three weeks ago, and I said at the end of that podcast, I'd probably end up binge watching it again. And of course, I have. I think I'm on season one episode seven now and there's four seasons of it so i can't wait to bomb through that it's gonna be the same for brooklyn 99 i'm gonna go home tonight and binge watch i think uh, netflix you should petition for netflix to bring in analysis or analytics tab where you can see how many times you've rewatched a show because i would love to know how many times i've gone through all seasons of brooklyn 99 definitely but it would be the same honest, shows all the time be, though, yeah, for me yeah for me as well to be honest i would i would just like have certain shows light up for me Always Sunny, Brooklyn Nine Nine, F is for Family, certain documents, cer- yeah, certain documentaries as well, just light up as well. I, I rewatch a lot of stuff. I wanted to end this episode talking about the ending of Brooklyn Nine Nine. The show is coming to, to an end after eight seasons. It survived a cancellation and was bought up by NBC. How many seasons ago was that? NBC was from season six to eight, so it's like twenty. So they've survived a cancellation and got bought up. There's very few shows that can survive that. Final Space is the show that survived one cancellation and was bought up by a company. But now they're being cancelled again because there's a merger with another company. So that's just an example of a certain show that didn't survive the second cancellation. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think is able to end it the right way I haven't seen season 8 yet it's coming soon to Netflix yeah it's annoying that we can't get it yeah I just wanted to get your views on the show ending because it is a big comfort show for both of us and obviously we're going to be able to rewatch it anytime we want it's going to 
on the up on Netflix, but just seeing those characters come to an end, it always sucks. Season seven was definitely cliffhanger as well. Was it? What happened with you? Oh, they had a baby yeah, and yeah, it kind of ended due to COVID baby. they had to stop shooting the next week we should, so it ended yeah. very shortly we should specify Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago had a baby Spoiler. by the way yeah spoiler alert it's way too late for this way <laughs> too late but I'm assuming anyone who's a big fan of Rocky Man 9 has seen the show all the way through it's so bingeable I'm pissed off I'm kind of a mixture between pissed off and sad that's always the emotions I feel when a show I love comes to an end it happened with The Office it happened with Parks and Rec and now it's happening with Rocket 99 but I love what the show gave us while it was on air yeah looking forward to season 8 I think like all the characters will have grown a lot because a lot has happened in America yeah and I think it's going to be very juicy <laughs> do you think it'll be divisive in terms of like will they actually go for the juggler and talk oh, about I think the issues so. I, I I'm pretty sure now I that or correct me if I'm wrong but that they did just start their shooting for season 8 or for the end of season 7 or something okay. but then they had to scrap it all because so much has happened they were like we need to make better more impactful episodes I heard that yeah and I think that's the reason so I, I'm excited yeah that's the reason it took so long getting season 8 out but they're dead right because they don't shy away from the issues and they never have from the beginning of the beginning of the show so why do it now and all, all strong characters as well as strong very strong actors yeah and actresses that you know in a way for us watching we're very lucky that they've been given this platform to shine light on everything that's happened in the world because i mean no better actors and actresses to do it yeah because the likes of terry cruz you know he's dealt with some of the issues they've talked about in the show includes the sexual assault and obviously racism as well but talking about the issues they address in the show i really appreciate when the show doesn't go for the cheap laughs sometimes it's very telling when the show decides to take a divisive issue and play it for laughs this is never done in Brooklyn 99 they treat every individual issue in this show with the respect it deserves the likes of terry's issue with racism they there's no laughs in that episode really because it's very sad and even teaching terry's twins yeah. amy and um, jake yeah they have to talk to the twins about what happened to their father and what happened to terry and why it happened they were asking did it happen because he was black yes they, they, had, they, they, had, they were in the, in the uncomfortable position of having to talk to those twins but they do the same thing in the sexual assault episode and the lgbtq episodes respect which is i think why the fans really gravitate towards the show and have such respect and love for the show as well but yeah i hope you all enjoyed this episode i want to thank emma for coming on with me thank you very much yeah i was a bit afraid of how she was going to do because this is her first time doing it but she handled it very well i'll start crying when i hear my voice now no you won't yes, grand. okay so we'll see i'll play it back for you we'll see but yeah i wanted to give emma small business I suppose I started during Covid just my own little bake yet but what's it called? it's called Box of Bakes <laughs> if you want to look it up where can people find you? find me on Instagram and Facebook um, Facebook Facebook yeah um, box underscore of underscore bakes on Instagram and what do you do?
do like I do like the spoke buttercream cakes and cupcakes I do brownies and cookies and stuff like that on Christmas Day I like treat boxes for special occasions like Halloween Christmas Easter Mother's Day Father's Day all that kind of stuff okay lovely so all occasions all occasions lovely can you do it for lovely well thanks Emma for being on it was really fun and hopefully be on again soon thank you thanks I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you enjoy reviews and discussions around movies, TV shows and documentaries, you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel. I put out new videos every week. My podcast is also available to listen to on Spotify and Anchor FM. This has been Finding Yourself with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening.